0: I just want to talk about being grateful. That's what Paul's saying in this amazing passage. Philippians chapter 1, I'm really going to focus on verse 3. I give thanks to my God for every remembrance of you. Always praying with joy and for all of you in my every prayer. ...because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. I am sure of this, that he who started a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. It is right for me to think this way about you because I have all you in my heart. And you are all partners with me in grace, both in my imprisonment and the defense and establishment of the gospel... Paul was grateful for his time with the church at Philippi, for the Philippian people. You see, here's what the Bible teaches us, and we need to practice this regularly. The Bible teaches that gratitude and encouragement should be given sincerely, specifically, personally, publicly, and frequently. And Paul is doing this, in this amazing letters, and amazing later said, I want to tell you something that's very personal for me. I want everybody to read about it one day, and I want you to know specifically why I feel this way. Paul was always being grateful for the people that God had brought into his life, and those who had, who had crossed paths on his journey in kingdom living. I am convinced of this, no person that's ever crossed my path has been an accident. None. For God has a plan as he molds and makes us. Nothing's an accident. We're all on a journey together that includes joys and sorrows, challenges and crises, gains and losses. And that's why we need to be grateful for one another. Because that's how life really is. It's not, well, we're just going to have this great, great euphoria where nothing ever goes wrong. Well, you don't. I don't have a life like that. And I don't think any of you do. Life has some pain to it. Some heartache. Some heartbreak. Some disappointment. Discouragement. Frustration. Aggravation. All these things are part of the daily grind. And yet he has designed this thing called the church to come together to be a, a source for gratitude and encouragement. Gratitude to Him for those He's given us and gratitude for each other as we work together and encouragement to get the job done for the glory of God. That's why we're here. So what does that look like in application today? So I just want to share two things with you. Number one, grateful for the relationship we experience in Christ. Paul says, we're in Christ. That's very important that you understand that. Uh he talks about the fact that, that we're in Christ and Christ is in us and everything's about Christ. Grateful for the relationship. Now that word thankful, or, or he said, I give thanks, that uh, eucharisto, Eucharistio. You say, that don't mean nothing to me. I know it doesn't, that's a Greek word. But it, we use the translated English word, Eucharist which actually connects to remembering the Lord's Supper, a, a sense of gratitude. When we come to the Lord's Supper and have communion, we are, should be overwhelmed with a sense of gratitude for what has happened for us. Now, Paul is taking that same terminology and saying, my gratitude for you is unforgettable. I, 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 I thank God Of everything I remember about you. Now, you're going to say, does that mean they never had a problem and they, they never did anything that, that might have been rough spots or drama? Oh, of course they did. But you remember what Paul said? I forget those things that are behind me. Paul knew how to forget that which didn't really matter and that which wasn't good and only dwell on those things that were. That's one of the secrets of living a grateful life, incidentally. And so the relationship is we have this thing. He's thankful that, number one, we're saints. We're saints. We're set apart. Something has happened. We have been changed. We have become a new creation, Paul would say. With a new beginning point for our life. We were born one way. We were born in darkness and in sin and in death. And, and then Christ came in his marvelous grace. He stirred our soul in such a way that we finally understood he died on the cross for us personally. And we would give our heart to him. Finally would say, yes, I want you to be my savior and Lord. I, I, I don't, I don't want to keep resisting you. I want to receive you. And, and that takes place. And that's the beginning of what we call a new birth, a new beginning, a change of heart. And it establishes a new kind of relationship that we are now saints, no longer sinners. Our sins have been washed away. They've been covered by the blood of Jesus from the cross. And we bear them no more. Our spiritual dimension has come to life to God. And we are now a different kind of people. And he says, I've I've taken these different kinds of people and want to bring them together. And so these, we have a relationship that we experience together In Christ, in His grace, in His love, in His power, in the work of the Holy Spirit, all this is in Christ. See, what we enjoy and what we're supposed to enjoy is our life together in Christ. That should be first and foremost in our hearts and our minds, our life in Christ. Because all that I am that's worth anything is in Christ. Everything else isn't. And all that I do, that's in Christ, is what really matters in eternity, and everything else really doesn't. And how we treat one another in Christ is all that really matters. I think that's done. And so Paul is so grateful; he's overwhelmed with this. That they're saints, but also there's, there's a sense of we experience a relationship of not only being saints in Christ, but also family with each other, meaning we're brothers and sisters. That's pretty amazing. I like to call people my brother. As a matter of fact, I just uh, got a text from one of my pastor friends saying, man, bless you today, special day. This. And, and uh, my joy is thank you, my brother, because he's my brother. I, I, you are my brothers and sisters. You are my spiritual family. I'm going to spend forever with you. So I hope you like me because I'm going to be around. Uh, you know, uh, uh, the thing is, this is how God's designed it. And we are brothers and sisters. We, we, we may have different spiritual gifts. We do, as a matter of fact, have different spiritual gifts. And, and we have uh, different natural abilities. And we certainly have unique personalities. And we have diverse opinions. Nothing's wrong with any of that. If we understand at the end of the day, we're family, then that's what really matters. We're family. We may have our moments when we don't think the same. That's okay. I had four children. And they never all thought the same. And sometimes they, they would say, they would, they would vent their feelings to one another. And, uh, you know, uh, my children, my children were not perfect. They took after their mom. Man, I, oh no, I, no, no! They got the better deal. Taking after mom, believe me, believe me. Uh, they, they, uh, they, but let me tell you, and they may fuss at one another, and they may say things to one another, and occasionally hurt one another's feelings. But let me tell you, when the crisis came, they all hung together. I'm telling you, if one of them goes in the hospital, they all show up. Something happens. Oh, if anything we think happens, they all show up. They call, they text, they, they, they will respond because they're family. That's what separates us from the world. And the world does that too. There's friendships and relationships with people that are not saved. I understand that. And they're valued. I have relationships with people that are not saved. And they friends, and I care for them greatly. But there's something unique about being in the family of God. Oh, we're not perfect. We don't get it right all the time. But we understand who we are in Christ, and therefore it should determine how we treat one another more effectively. And so Paul got this. We are to love one another's family. Sure, be honest with one another. Be transparent. Sometimes that's hard to do. But when the day's done... We stand together against the darkness. Or we will not survive. That's how God designed it. His design always works. Paul appreciated his family at Philippi and the relationship they had in Christ. Here's what I want you to get about this we really choose what we want to remember. Most of the time, Uh, sometimes things pop up and sometimes we need to deal with those for not good. But there's certain things we choose to dwell on. Having a genuine desire to remember and focus on the goodness and the kindness and the success of others. It doesn't necessarily mean you deny their weaknesses or shortcomings. I want you to listen to me. Doesn't mean that you deny that they're not perfect because they're not. Nobody is. And sometimes you must have talked to people about certain things. That's fine. But what it means is, I, Paul said, I've chosen to remember the good things, the, the things that that matter. And I'm, I'm not dwelling on your weaknesses, your shortcomings. Uh, I'm looking past them to who you are in Christ. Now, that's the secret. That's the secret. That'll keep me judgmental and unkind. You say, now, why do you say that? Well, I, you know, I want you to turn over to Philippians 4.8. Here's what Paul says. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, talking to his family, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable. If there's any moral excellence, if there's any praise, dwell on these things, meaning what he says that other stuff do not dwell on. Do you get that? I mean, that's what you got to get. Paul was able to say, man, I am so grateful for you because I have remembered your kindness and your goodness and your generosity and all the things you've done. You know, this church was amazing as they took care of Paul and they responded to him. They were one of the stronger churches that took him financially. They gave him financial support, spiritual support, emotional support. They were awesome. They prayed for him. They surrounded him with encouragement. They sent people to visit him while he was in prison and ministered to him. They were incredible. And he said, I want you to know I remember this. And this is what I dwell on. Yeah, I'm sure there were moments that were not fun and it was drama. But he said, I I don't dwell on that. I get beyond that. You see, if you dwell on that, you got a problem. Because you're never going to enjoy life. Just going to tell you, you got a real problem. You're not going to enjoy life. Uh, So, because you, you can't function that way. The Holy Spirit prompts believers to appreciate others in their love and generosity and compassion, and to forget the rest. Also, I forget those things are behind. Let me quote John MacArthur. I think he said this so well. I'm going to quote him right quick. On the other hand, a person who constantly locus, uh, focuses on the negatives, the faults, and the shortcomings, and the slights of others is a person not controlled by the Holy Spirit and perhaps an unbeliever. Bitterness, resentment, and critical spirit, holding grudges, and the like are works of the flesh, not of the spirit. Pretty good words. Paul said, I've come to understand how to get beyond all that stuff. that really doesn't matter in eternity. And I've come to know how to really embrace that which is good and to remember the blessing and the kindness and the goodness. Paul had much to remember as he ministered there. You know, his first convert was Lydia. Uh, in Acts 16, you're going to see the what happened in Philippi. He had a lot to, to remember. So we look at this. He, he, he remembers uh, that first convert that day. He went out to try to find some people uh, looking for Jews. And he found a God-fearer that's trying to worship God and led her to Christ. She opened her home to him, the mission team, Silas. And, they, and then he, he, on the way... Uh, passing through a slave girl got behind them and she was demonically possessed and and she was harassing them and finally paul said i've had enough in the name of jesus get out and and she was converted and we find that uh, they got put in jail they got beat they got treated horribly and they yet they're singing at midnight and the jail shakes and the doors fly open and the jailer's about ready to kill himself and paul said don't do you any harm nobody's leaving nobody's leaving Nobody's gone. And the Philippian jelly said, What must I do to be saved? What must I do to be saved? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Believe on him. Receive what he's done for you on the cross. You'll be saved. You know what the Bible says? It says that the Philippian jelly was saved, carried them home, took care of them, ministered to their wounds, and the household became followers of Christ. This is what Paul's remembering. And how the, the church began to grow and blossom. And how they would reach people and develop themselves. And, and they developed such a, a positive spirit in their existence there. Their relationship in Christ. I remember the experience Paul would say. Guys, I, I want to tell you. That's awesome. Well, I remember Things. Your generosity has been amazing for 20 years, and I thank you for that. Thank you for the way you take care of my family, and me, and our staff. You'll be commended. God honors that, incidentally. He always will. Uh, I remember some time ago when uh, my daughter became gravely ill, and seriously ill, and and uh, the deacons took up an offering to help pay my way to New Jersey to see a doctor. Remember that? Scared me to death. Larry Moore and John Cooper said, we need to talk to you for a minute. I'm going, oh, man, what have I done now? <laughs> and they said, man, we just took up some money to help you. And many have been so gracious of it, over these past 20 years. to do things. And I. Uh, Remember when we made the decision to go to two services? That's tough. God's honored that. I'm excited about us going to three in the future. God'll yeah. honor that. And I remember amazing generosity in times past. I remember when a group of people have sent my house to pray for my daughter. And many of you pray for me daily and pray for me weekly. And I promise you it makes all the difference. I don't know how to describe it. Blessed with an amazing staff. Much. Gosh, I've watched some of your children be born. I've married some of them. I've had the privilege of speaking at funerals of those you've loved dearly. I've watched amazing things happen. I've had the privilege of marrying and being the officiating weddings for meaning. I'm very grateful to be a pastor. I remember we took 52 days and raised the money and my one of the And we were so close for that last day and we were so close we were short and uh, I just got a phone call. The man said, "Hi, what do you need? And man, God was just great. I'm grateful for how God's worked and what He's done so many times, so many ways. We ask for things, and you people rise to the occasion. Pretty awesome. We really choose what we remember. The second thing is Paul was grateful for the partnership we have in sharing Christ. He says, I'm grateful that you're my partner in sharing Christ. To be in Christ is our salvation. To share Christ is to bring others into the family. And to bring people from the darkness to the light and from death to life. And that word participate, okay, or uh, talks of the word, it's a Greek word koinia, which we translate fellowship, which we translate eating together. Well, that, it means more than eating together. It actually means that we have a fellowship and purpose, a common reason for being here. And that fellowship is centered around the fact that we're to be a people that, that commit to do the Great Commission. That is my sole desire. That is the only reason uh, we exist, to do what Jesus commanded us to do in the last few verses of Matthew. Talked about that last week. So, uh, the koinonia, the fellowship, sharing something in common, which is Christ and his evangelism. It is sharing the good news with others that they may come to know Christ and forgiveness and experience his grace. Paul remembers the encouragement he got from this dear church as he would share the gospel. And even he was in prison because he shared the gospel. I mean, he got in trouble for sharing the gospel. Uh, they were still supporting him and loving him, encouraging him. They make sure he's okay. They did not forget about him. Life can be hard. Life can be unfair and life can be unkind. Paul experienced all those things. But you don't dwell on them. If you do, you'll die a very slow death. You dwell on what God's doing and who he's using in your life. And you become grateful for those people. Some have not matured yet to get there to help you. They'll get there. Some may never get there. That's okay. But God is doing a work in your life. He's done a work in my life. And all of you have been a part of that. Every one of you. Every one of you have been a part of God working in my life, changing me, helping me grow. You've all been a part of that. You remember. Paul remembered these things. Guys, I remember. I. Uh, Man, I remember over 12 years ago, we started a thing called faith, where we committed to be a great commission army. And um, God's done some amazing things, some amazing things over those years. And it's not finished yet. Uh, I'm excited about, uh, just for for the sake of, if you've been trained in faith, just raise your hand for a minute, just raise your hand you've been trained in faith. Oh, y'all need to stand up. Y'all stand up. If you've been trying to stand, stand up, stand up, stand up, stand up. Ah, it's a great commission army. Love it. Let me tell you what I'd like for you guys to do. I'd like you to do faith next semester. <laughs> <laughs> no, here's what, you, here's what I want you to do. Man, I want you, we need to be witnessing. We need to figure out how to be witnessing on a, on a, on a uh, lifestyle way all the time and figure out how to encourage one to report that. We've got to figure out how to bring us together as a, as, a, as a great commission army again. Because that's important. And in case you're wanting to say, Pastor, you seem to be uh, really you know, like you're looking for things in the future. I sure am. Please understand, I'm sitting there. I'm not ready to coast. Please understand, I'm not ready to coast. You know, if you coast all the time, you know what that means? You're going downhill. Now, it's nice to coast every once in a while. Whew, enjoy the breeze. Okay? But if you're coasting all the time, you're going downhill. I'm not ready to coast. I'm ready to figure out what hills we can still climb. You know, I'm ready to see what's next? What's that next mountain you want us to conquer? Let me tell you, I'm very excited what God's doing in our church. You know, do you know? and what we're doing is working. You say, well, and it's still being in the process, all of us are still trying to figure out what we do. As we obey God, He works. He honors what He says He'll do. Do you know, the... We've had decisions 19 out of 24 Sundays this year. So y'all don't get to see some of that because y'all hear that, you know. But I'm telling you, 19 out of 24 Sundays, we've had decisions. That's pretty awesome. What we're doing is working. I love what we're doing. I enjoy our two services on Sunday morning. I love this. I think this is great. Uh, we need to work on getting them where they should be more. That's fine. That's why we quit quitting coasting. Uh, and, and, see, we kind of coast. We go, well, when you coast, you, you eventually run out of steam. So you got to figure out, let's get back up. Uh, and But I'm also excited about the third service, Resolute, which is going to be a, right, try to reach people different, try to give them another time to come. Because we need to add more artillery to our arsenal. I mean, what we're doing is working, but I think we can do more. I really do. I think there's more to be done. There's more people to reach. Man, the opportunities are there. I'm excited we're working together with a bunch of guys. We're trying to, we're going to do a Spanish class to teach us how to speak Spanish. We're going to the associational office because let me tell you, there's an amazing shift coming in demographics in Floyd County. Amazing shift. About eight more years. And we need to learn how to share the gospel in Spanish. Just gonna tell you. That'd be awesome, wouldn't it? I'd like to do that. Working on that. Um, What can we do to reach? See, I'm grateful for your partnership in the gospel. Men's ministry. Man, I'm grateful for what's about to happen there. Because we're not coasting. We're now fixed to climb another mountain. Man, Nick's got some things going. The guys have come together. Uh, we're going to pick a Sunday night, I think the, the July the 22nd. You'll see it in the bulletin, men's night out. We're going to get the guys together. We want all you men to come, young and old, come together. We're going to have a cookout and eat and play some horseshoes and cornhole, and whatever else the guys want to do, talk, build some relationships, and then we're going to tell you what we, what we wanna, where we want to go as a men's ministry and introduce you to what we want to do for the next few years. I'm excited. I'm grateful that you're still willing to do things. For the kingdom. I'm grateful for that. I, 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 I'm thankful for that. Man, I remember so many things that bless my heart. I couldn't tell you all of them today. But I remember them. I do. I think about them often. I, I keep all my cards. Because some days I need to go back and look at them. <laughs> I keep them all. All my emails. I did, because it has my memory. And the devils beat me up. I go. Let me let me read my encouragement. People call. And... Man, I remember. I remember. And grateful. I remember visiting Paul Jow's house five times to finally get to talk to him. And boy, I was so excited when the Lord saved him. I remember being in many of your houses for different occasions. Your hospitality, your grace. I remember those. I remember... Meeting a guy in baseball because my son played baseball and witnessed and shared with him for several years before he finally gave his heart to Christ. Did it on, in his driveway on a faith night. Remember being in the hospital with you? They all said you weren't gonna make it. Thankfully, they don't get the last word. I remember a lady coming to my office in 2002 saying, I've lived a life for 20 years. Gave her heart to Christ. I remember March the 16th in 2003. When 42 people gave their heart to Christ. That year we baptized 108 people. That is why I have great joy. I'm grateful that you've let me be a part of that. Very grateful. Very grateful. I'm grateful. And I want to tell you that God is not finished yet. He isn't. I'm grateful for the cross of Christ which brings us together. For that is the truth. With all of our diversity in opinions and uniqueness and personality the one thing that brings us together is the cross. And that's how it should be. It is the cross that covers my sin from the precious blood that flowed that day for me and for you. And we've been changed. Changed. I love the song uh, Kevin, kind of let me pick out a couple of songs this morning. Potter's Hand. Learn to s- live life through God's eyes. That's the key. Seeing how he sees it. Now I see it. how you see it. But how does he see it? That's what really matters. See, I want to see the people as you see them. I want to see the future as you see it. I, I want to see it not as I want to see it because I'm prejudiced about how I want it to be. And so are you. That's how we're wired. But I want to see it through your eyes. What is it you want to do? What is it that, that you see in our future? And, and who are you going to bring to our church to make that happen? I want to see it through his eyes. And I want him to mold me and make me and fill me and use me. I want to give my life to Potter's hand. Because when it's all said and done, that's all that really matters. Is that you've given your heart to Christ. And he's ready for you to do that today. I'm very grateful for Jesus. For calling me here 20 years ago.